Welcome into another edition of the Deep Slant Podcast. I'm your host, DP Sadu. If you're listening, please subscribe, uh, leave a review, iTunes, TuneIn, or Stitcher. I'm super excited about our guest this week. Um, it is none other than Toro. And Toro, you know, can't normally speak, but he's going to speak on this podcast because that's what we do here. Andrew Johnson, I want to welcome you in. Um, your fifth season as the Texans' beloved mascot. And uh, if people do their math correctly, they know you're not the original Toro. Let's uh, let's get into a little bit about how you became Toro. But first, hi, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for the opportunity to come down here and share my story. I'm super excited to do this. Actually, what brought the idea up was during Christmas, we have this holiday party that we do here at the Texans. We just did it last year for the first time. And I brought my husband. He met like all the normal, the usual suspects that I work with. John Harris, Drew Doherty, Mark Vandermeer, fine, 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 all good. And then I was introducing him to just other people that we would come across. And we met you. You might have been in conversation with somebody. So I entered, it was a quick introduction. I said, oh, this is Andrew Johnson. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. And we walk off. And my husband said, so what department does he work in? And I said, oh, that's Toro. And I mean, my husband stopped in his tracks and was like, what? Like, I have so many questions. So I said, well, no problem. He's a super nice guy. <laughs> so we turned back around. I think he talked your ear off for like 30 minutes at least. And I thought this is so, you know, it's, it's interesting to me because we work in the building. I see you all the time. But people have a lot of questions about what you do. So I think the first question was, how did you decide you wanted to be a mascot? Yeah, I mean, in all fairness, I think I talked your husband's ear off, too. You've got some famous kids, DP. <laughs> Kid. Only one of them is famous. <laughs> the, other t- the other two are working their way up still. Yeah, but he's, he wanted to know all about your path. And uh, you you have a great story about how you, you first wanted to be a mascot a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, my journey to become a mascot started back when I was really young. My parents were always pushing me to play sports. Uh, they tried to get me to play t-ball and soccer. And instead of doing much playing on the field, most of my playing involved goofing around and acting silly on the bench with all my buddies. So I never thought that my job on the sidelines would lead to a job in the National Football League. Had no idea. But uh, my first real experience with a mascot, I was in fifth grade. I was born and raised in Kansas City, Missouri. Most people think that Kansas City is in the Kansas side. That's one of our pet peeves. Uh, There's a Kansas City, Kansas, and a Kansas City, Missouri. Um, But I was born and raised in Kansas City, Missouri. And the Chiefs mascot, Casey Wolf, um, he's this big googly-eyed wolf, kind of like Orbit has that big round shape. And Which which always confused me why they have a wolf as their mascot, but I'm sure that's... A different story. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you met you met him. Did he come to your school? He was doing an assembly program. So he okay. comes running into the gymnasium. And as a mascot, you're always supposed to keep your costume on. But he breaks that rule and he starts to take his costume off in front of our entire school. Really? So out pop his human hands. Uh, his wolf head comes off. And underneath the costume is a man by the name of Dan Mears. Dan is still with the Chiefs today. And this will be season 30 for him. Wow. He's been doing it a really long time. Wow. So after he takes his costume off, he talks about his really cool job. Talks about the cool people he's met. All the cool opportunities that he's had as a result of working for the Chiefs organization. And then talks about some kind of educational message and I have no idea what educational message he brought to our school that day. The only thing that stuck with me was that he had the coolest job in the world. Of course. And at the very end of his presentation, he allows one of the students in the crowd to try his costume on. And I was the student that got randomly selected to try his costume on that You're day. You're kidding. So I've got this picture of me in the fifth grade with you know half the wolf costume on. And that was where I was inspired. You were sold. I You're was, like, I must be a mascot. Exactly. And you can probably imagine... The face on my parents when I came running home from school that day, flung the door open, and told them what I was going to do for the rest of my life. I know life. what I want to be when I grow up. Exactly. Yes. They, um, were, they were thrilled, I'm sure. <laughs> a mascot. I think they thought it was a phase and I would grow out of it. And uh, still to this day, I, I haven't grown out of that phase. You were not the original Toro. There was um, another Toro before you. You came in, what, five, six years ago. 
how hard is it because you don't you know you don't get to define what Toro is like the de- the, the personality of Toro has been set so you have to kind of come in and make it a seamless transition i think most people seeing Toro watching him even me even though i know that it's two different toros i would never have guessed like you handled that transition very well how how difficult was that for you well it's kind of cool because there's not a whole lot of lineage on toro like with a lot of these other programs they may have been around for a lot longer so there's been you know a variety of different performers over that span of time for me there was only one so i call myself toro 2.0 i was the the second generation and it was a really seamless process for me to come in here because i i got to kind of train underneath the previous guy for a matter of five weeks before he ultimately left the organization so he was able to teach me all the different people and what their roles were around the uh, organization and then teaching me about the character traits of the character and then he would critique my performance so he came out to training camp like, that's not I, really I something toro would do in this situation like you'd have to role play like your toro <laughs> your 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 autograph looks exactly the same yep we Did you try ever to, practice that exactly we try and keep that consistent and i will say there were a couple fans in the stands that recognized that there was a new toro and they so did. my team would say you know how, how in the world do you know that there's a different toro they said his behind smaller so <laughs> when you wear those tight football pants, the fans know that there's uh, there's some small physical We've got differences. Some very observant fans. <laughs> so training to be Toro, you you do a lot of athletic things. You're goofy. You're funny. You have a good sense of humor. What what is it about the what is the training involved? I know my husband was really interested in how you train to be Toro because is it something that's spontaneous, like your stunts during game day or? How much of that is rehearsed? There is a lot that goes into what we do on game day, and it starts way before the season. So right about this time, we're already starting to kind of generate some ideas on what we want to do for the 2019 season. And then once our schedule comes out in April, we'll sit down, and I've got a group of probably 10 to 15 people that I use from inside the organization and other creative people from outside the organization. And we'll sit down with that schedule, and we'll start to plan out what each one of those games looks like from Tor's introduction before the game. I usually have the first quarter break where I can do something funny like a video or a skit, and then we have what we're calling these hot timeouts. And so these are situational opportunities where we want to get the crowd invested in what's happening on the field. So those are pre-planned. You, you, you think about those, or do you have like sort of a list of things that you go to during those timeouts? Yeah, so that was something we created this past season, and we basically have a menu list of items that our director can call for whenever there's a big third down coming up. And they'll say, all right, on third down we want XYZ on standby. And so I'll have my team kind of getting those props in order and the cameramen ready to go, and then I just step into position and we're able to execute all these things that we've predetermined what we're what we're going to do throughout the season. I think people think that mascots just go out there and are fun and funny because I always watch mascots at, at all the sporting events I go to, and it seems like they're just, wow, they're just so in the moment. But it, there's a lot of planning that goes into it. So you're planning right now for the season. I, I, What about your training? Because when I see you rappel from the roof of NRG Stadium, I think, that, first of all, that's hard to do. Second of all, <laughs> in a furry costume, I would be terrified. So what does that training look like for you? Are you super athletic? I, I don't know if I would say I'm super athletic, but I still do have a very healthy fear of heights. So you do. what you see up there, I mean, it, it's scary. And I think you have to have that sense of fear so you're not going to go up there and end up doing something that is not very intelligent. Uh, but <laughs> with the, the st- whole thing, though, might, some might question as, uh, <laughs> you know, but, but anyway, that's, yeah. When I first interviewed for this job, we, we <laughs> talked about the stunt component, and I knew that that was part of Toro's history, and that was something that he had done. And so, you know, my boss, uh, my current boss she had said uh, you know is, is that something you'd be interested in doing I said absolutely not she ended you up said think, this. Uh-huh. I, I didn't think I'd want to end up doing stunts and so she's like well cool if we want to continue doing stunts we can find somebody else to do it or we'll just eliminate it and uh, one of my very first games here with the Texans was my predecessor's last game so he wanted to go out with a big bang and mm-hmm. he had a big stunt 
ready to go. And so he ended up doing all the rehearsals for it. And all these stunts, we do a lot of preparation. So they'll, they'll drop weight before anybody actually hops on the stunt. Then the stunt team will do it because we want them to trust the stunt that they just rigged up. So they'll do the stunt. And then we'll, we'll go down the stunt without the costume on. Then we'll do it with the costume. So he did all those steps that day. Yeah. And then they all turned to me and they said, now it's your turn. You get to give it a try. And I was like, oh, you guys weren't in my interview. Like, you don't know. I'm, I'm not planning this on doing these stunts. This is not on my job description. <laughs> I don't do stunts. Okay. But we ultimately decided, I'm like, well, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I'll go up there. I'll do it. That way I can say I did it. And then we'll check it off the list and we'll move forward with whatever we want Toro to be known for. And once I got off that stunt, it was like, wow, that was pretty cool. Let's do it again. And so oh, I've you conquered to do it. your fear of heights. <laughs> yeah. Do you think? I, it sounds like you did. Yeah, I mean, it, it's so much fun. It's exhilarating, and just getting to know the stunt crew and know how smart they are and how everything is so intricately done, and uh, they test everything. I mean, it kind of put my fear to the side, and it's exhilarating. You did it again this past uh, playoff game too. So was it easy? Is it does it get easier every year that you do it? I wouldn't say it gets easier because it's still terrifying being up there. At the I would catwalk. never guess that you're so terrified when you're doing it. <laughs> I never would guess. We did three to four stunts this year. Um, so we've got a variety of different things. We do the zip lines across the field. We'll oh, do yeah. big swings. We'll do rappels. And then one of the uh, concepts I introduced my first season was a reverse rappel, which is probably the easiest stunt we do where I'll be in the stands and then they'll start to pull me up into the catwalk. So I go from the stands all the way up. And that one's super fun. So that's easy, huh? Yeah. I mean, because you don't have to overcome that fear of stepping over the catwalk or, you know, jumping over one of the beams upstairs in order to do one of the big You're just sort of dangling in midair still, which I, yeah. would, I would think that's weird. <laughs> what, what is the scariest stunt that you've done Man, as it, a mascot? It in has anywhere. to be the swing. Because okay. with the zip line, you can kind of feel the tension on the line right before you go. So you're like, okay, I'm safe. Everything's good to go. Whereas on the swing, there's a little bit of give. So when you drop, there's a little bit, maybe like a second or two, where you actually free drop without feeling that tension on the rope. You just have to trust the technology and know that you're safe and, and you can go. It seems like mascots all have great a great sense of humor. They're just super funny, especially like at NBA games. You can really watch what the mascots are doing because there's so much downtime. Do you have to be funny to be a mascot? Do you have a nat- are you naturally like you have a good sense of humor? Like you're pr- a prankster or is that like once the mask comes on you become like, different? <laughs> you know how does that how does that I'm always curious about how funny the guy in the costume really is. I think there's a little piece of me that is invested in what you see on game day with with Toro. I mean that is me and that's my that's personality. You. Okay. And my counterparts around the league, everybody always wants to know, do you know all these guys that work for the other teams and we actually have yeah, a conference every year. Okay. We go out to Indianapolis, and the Colts have hosted it for the last three years. And so I know everybody that that does this in my position around the league. They're all great guys. They're all super collaborative. I think that's really interesting because what works for the teams in Indianapolis or the team in Kansas City, I mean, we can take those same concepts and apply them here because our fans haven't seen those ideas. Mm -hmm. So they're willing to share their school program ideas and their game day ideas and all sorts of um, creative things that they're doing. Uh, And they're they're all pretty zany guys. I think I'm one of the tamer guys in the industry. Okay. They're all crazy. They're they all have sort of big crazy. personalities and, and super fun. Did you ever talk to, was it Pete Patriot after he got tackled at the Pro Bowl? <laughs> I was there. I, I, I was on a different field when it happened. Are you are you afraid of stuff like that happening? Because people just think the mascot's a big teddy bear sometimes and they can just have fun with them. But there's like a real life person inside. That's true. I think sometimes people forget that. Um, but I have not talked to him. I, I know one of the guys that do, that do it out there. And it's a little bit of a different setup. And every guy across the league has a different setup with their teams. Whereas the Patriots have a couple part-time people. Here with the Texans, there's only one full-time guy that gets to do this. So if you see Toro at the grocery store on TV doing a podcast, it's the, it's the <laughs> same guy. Yeah. But I, I do not know the gentleman that was out there at the podcast or at the Pro Bowl that day. Okay. My husband wanted to know about Mini Toro because we've seen a little bit of Mini Toro. <laughs> Who is Mini Toro? Where did he come from? He's not your son. 
he's another he's a kid with a with a dream to be a, a mascot. Exactly. I see a little piece of him that you know I saw in myself just you know several years ago. Well, probably more than several. But uh, how yeah, old is he? He's in the fourth grade, I believe. He comes from South Dakota and has a very unique story in that. Uh, one year, his mom had asked him what he wanted to be for Halloween, and he said he wanted to be Benny the Bull, which is the Chicago Bulls mascot. He okay. had found videos on YouTube of this mascot and all of his crazy antics and thought that, that would be something really fun to do. So she's like, well, how do I find a Benny the Bull costume? So she found an Elmo costume because it's, it's a red bull, and so she was able to use the body from that and then bought some kind of mask from the team store. And he starts parading around their home in this costume. And so she's taking video of it, thought he was super funny. And just by chance, she sent it to the Bulls and said, hey, look at my son. Look how funny he is. And the Bulls are like... Uh, how quickly can you get that kid to our stadium? Because we think he would be really funny on court. So they brought him in, and he became the mini mascot for the Chicago Bulls. And they've taken that concept, and they've done it with a lot of other teams, like the Timberwolves, like the Kansas City Royals. It's so adorable. He's done all sorts of teams, and he has a better resume than I do at this point. (laughs) I would say if you're starting in fourth grade. So how did you get – how did you lure him away from the Bulls to be a mini a mini Toro. Yeah, so they were interested. They had never worked with a football team before and thought that would be a really interesting experience for their son. And so they had reached out to me about coming out here and working with us here in Houston. And uh, the rest is history. He's been doing it for the last three years and is just a ball of energy. And I always get so many compliments from people around the office and our fans that he's really, really talented. He's really, really, really talented. He's really good. Do you go to other games and watch other mascots and get ideas? I do. Yeah, I try to get to at least a couple every single year. So I've been to, uh, obviously, Indianapolis. I think they've got one of the best programs in the league. Um, I look at my, my job in three different areas. I look at um, entertainment, so we're always looking at new ideas for what we can do on game day and, and spice things up there. Um, from a revenue standpoint, we do a lot of sponsorship and paid appearances so people can pay to have Toro at their kid's school and uh, or their grand opening or a birthday party or whatever. And then from you guys do a great job with the school programs, by the way. Thank I you. I mean, I've been I've been to some of your school programs. The kids are so excited. You would think J.J. Watt was there when Toro showed up. <laughs> they're, they're so ex- – that, that's your demographic. Exactly. No, they, they learn to love Toro. And, I mean, that's we try to get into those schools early because we want these guys to grow up and be Texans fans. And so this is our first touch point. And some of these kids will never get to come to NRG Stadium and see the Texans here for a game. And so we're able to bring the NFL experience to them live and in person. So it's super fun. But How, how cool is it that you're a celebrity in the sense that you're Toro, but you could just walk into a grocery store and nobody knows who you are? Exactly. I, like, what, what is what is when you go to a dinner party and you tell people that you're, you know, they, the the conversation turns to what what do you do for a living and you say Toro. Like, what what is the reaction that you? Get? <laughs> Usually, I try not to tell people that uh, when don't. I first meet them. Oh. <laughs> the last thing what I do. Or third conversation. I'll tell them, you know, I work for the the Texans. Oh, what what do you do for the Texans? Oh, I, I work in youth marketing. So I talk about yeah. our school programs <laughs> and um, how we're trying to develop. We're, We'd like Next to prevent fans. bullying. Yeah, I mean, we that's try to all prevent true. Bullying. Right. And so that's kind of the direction I'll take the conversation. And then once I finally get to know them uh, a little bit more, I'll usually share that, that I'm a mascot. But once people find out you're the mascot, they want they want tickets and all that kind of stuff. So I well, try to that's keep that. with anybody, I think, that works <laughs> in professional sports. What about dealing with a mascot? I, I'm always curious about etiquette, like do's and don'ts, because you interact with a lot of fans. You interact with a lot of people. Are, is there anything that, you know, you – like particularly like or don't like when interacting with fans. I think you, you do a great job of interacting with people of all ages. But, you know, if people were like, okay, I'm, I see Toro out there. How how should I or should I not approach him? What, what are some – give us some key do's and don'ts. Yeah, when I first got here with the Texans, I created a mission statement for my program. And I wanted to be the best mask on the NFL – 
by being a character with character and making memories worth repeating. So that means obviously we want to be the best. I think we we have one of the top programs in the league right now. And then I want to be a character, a good mascot that makes people laugh, but do it with character and integrity and, and be able to you know, create a difference in people's lives and then make memories worth repeating. And that's really speaking to what you just asked and that we want to create memorable experiences for people. Every interaction that we have, we want that to be a memory that they hold on to as, as something that they'll take away from their game day experience or when we're in the community or whatever. Um, but interacting with Toro, you know, we just, we love to meet the fans all over Houston. I mean, it's crazy. We'll go all over the country. We do this conference in Indianapolis and we've done international trips to Mexico and Canada and people relate with Toro and the Texans and, and just love being able to, to interact with our brand. So, um, we, we love any opportunity we can okay, to go so out no, there and meet the fans. So just, just, you, you love all interactions of any sort. Absolutely. All right. Training camp in Houston in August yep. as Toro. Like, is that the toughest part of your job? June, July, and August are not a mascot's favorite months out of the year. I mean, it's not my favorite, and I'm not wearing <laughs> the big furry costume. So I always see you out there. You're... You're, you're the same. You're full of smiles. You're greeting all the players. You're greeting all of us as we come out there. You're the first one out there. You're out there with the fans. But, I mean, how how do you keep it together inside that costume when it's 110 outside? Yeah, and it's crazy because it's like 7 o'clock in the morning, but it's still 100 degrees and 100% humidity. Totally. But it, it does. It gets brutally hot for everybody out there. And so we just have to know that I have to go out there in manageable amounts of time. So you'll only see Toro out there for somewhere between 20 and 40 minutes because there is a certain point where I start to sweat so bad, the sweat will start to drip down my arm into my glove, and I'll start flinging sweat because I'm sweating that oh, bad. My- <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like piling up in your gloves because you can't drink anything either. It's not like you can just pick up your head and start drinking some water. So you take little breaks. Exactly. So I'll go back to the van. I'll cool down, get some water in my system, change out outfits because I'll have to put on a new set of arms, a new jersey because I'll soak right through that stuff. So, so every interaction is pleasant and uh, and good. (laughs) You want it to be memorable, but not for the wrong reasons. right? Exactly. All right. What can you tell us about this upcoming season? I know you're still working on your plans for games, but what are, what are some things that fans can look forward to when they see you? Yeah, I think the thing that we're really focused on right now is creating the home field advantage. And our Texans fans are so passionate and excited about the product that's on the field. I mean, heck, I'm super excited about Deshaun Watson and Coach O'Brien and uh, JJ and, and what they're going to bring to the field this season. And so we want to help bring that out of the fans. And so we kind of talked about some of those situational opportunities where we're creating these hot timeouts and really trying to get the fans engaged with what's happening on the field. And so we're going to continue to develop that list of items that we have uh, for ways that we can really get the fans engaged excited and behind the team on the field so be looking for some of that and we've always got some fun skits and videos up our sleeve i, lo- so I love your year. skits i love your sh- and then you know i'm sure another popular question is hey i want to have toro come to my event or my child's birthday do you you do stuff like that and there's a process for that right exactly you want to let people know like how they can get a hold of you yeah if you just go to houstontexans.com slash toro we have all of our different opportunities we actually just got done um, wednesday and thursday we had valentine's day deliveries and so we call these our memorable moments no pun intended mm-hmm. but uh <laughs> basically people can reach out to memorable. us memorable yes. exactly mm-hmm. and we'll surprise their significant other on valentine's day with flowers and chocolates and an autographed picture and then we'll make sure we we show some love to them on on social media as well and it's a huge success you know it's very very popular it's kind of like one of those singing telegrams but we do that for every occasion whether it's a birthday or mother's day or father's day or you know if you're celebrating a promotion at work you can have toro help celebrate those occasions Um, so yeah just log on to houstontexans.com slash toro we have no off season we run 365 days a year and we'd love to help celebrate any occasion you're super busy you're also super with the times toro is on social media you can follow him on twitter and instagram 
your handles? At Texans Toro and the number one. T-O-R-O-1. Yep. All right. Be sure to follow him. Andrew Johnson, Texans Toro. Cannot wait to see what you've got in store for us, what you've got up your sleeve for the upcoming season. Thanks so much for joining the podcast. Thanks for having me. Love this is a lot of fun. On. All right. That's going to do it for our podcast. Thanks so much for listening. This podcast was brought to you by Freddy's Frozen Custard and Steak Birds, as well as Bose Headphones. Uh, check out HoustonTexans.com. We've got stories. We've got videos, all that and more. And as always, thanks for listening and go Texans.